Christmas, Jared. Hey, thanks. It's almost Christmas. It is. <laughs> what about the Jewish people and the Kwanzaa people? Kwanzaa is not a holiday. Okay, start off. <laughs> Great. Okay. Great. <laughs> if I don't want to use something, I'll just say something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I should not have said that. Should not have. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have suggested. You know what? Now we're going. Now we're going. Now we're doing this. That's the open right there. That's the open. That's where we start. Hey, we're doing a, a, an episode about games that we liked in 2017 that are new in 2017, even though we both have a cheat game. Sort of, yeah. Uh, mine, mine's a cheat for a reason. Jondi's was a cheat because she she has a. Te- it was a, a technicality. It was it was a legit technicality. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you know we should we I'm should. I'm looking at Kwanzaa now. <laughs> you should. Um, all right. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's we should start with the games that we both um, put on our list. I think I think that'd be the best way to do this. Just just, just go ahead and start with um, one that we agreed on. Wits like, and Wagers yeah, Vegas. That's exactly the one that I was thinking of. Yep. So, I think we talked about it a little in our last episode. Yeah, but. that um, they gave us a copy of that at, um, you know, I think this is a, like a full disclosure kind of thing. They gave us a copy at Origins, like a preview copy, and we showed that off a lot. We we played we that. We played with a lot it of at a couple of different um, locations around town. Yeah, yeah, we 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 played that a lot, and um, a couple of my friends I know for a fact backed it on Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least them I know. Well, we, and we have several people that are like, after playing it with us, are like, you know, chomping at the bit to buy it if it goes retail. And my understanding is that there is going to be some, some sort of retail availability. I'm not sure in what capacity. Well, I know several people that have played it with us that are gonna buy it as soon yeah. as it's available. So yeah, we really, really super liked it. Uh, so Wits and Wagers, it's a party game where. It's it's a trivia game at its core. It's a trivia game, but you don't have to know. The you answer. definitely don't have to know the. You answer. just kind of have to be like, well, okay, how tall is the Eiffel Tower in feet? Well, it's not a thousand, <laughs> but I don't know, maybe like three hundred. Have we talked about what you guys did to me when we played it? I think we've told that story before, but we should tell it again. We should tell it again. Johnny got up to go to the bathroom, and while she was in the bathroom, I pulled one of the cards that we we'd used like the front of already. We'd already used the card, the, like. Because they're, you know, the cards have more than one question on them. Uh, so I think I just looked at a different question that was on the card. And it was, what what comic book, what's the highest selling comic book? How much did it sell for? And of course, it's Action Comics number one, Superman's first appearance. And it was like $2.14 million. Something like that. So I was like, guys, let's all write this answer. Let's all, let's act like this is the next card. And then we all know the answer. And of course, we hang out in comic stores and game stores all the time. So Johnny didn't think anything was weird when the five other people playing knew the exact right answer. <laughs> um, we we fessed up. We didn't actually take the points. Well, they all started laughing and they're like, don't you think it's weird that we all knew the answer? And I was like, no, no, no not at all. I'm like my husband spends like a majority of his time hanging around on Reddit. Like half of you guys either hang out in a comic book store or work in one. So no, I yeah, don't think it's weird. She didn't catch on at all. So it was like Johnny. They're like we, we cheated. Cheated. We, we looked, looked at this. Because you were you were in the bathroom pooping, and I'm we, like, you guys are a <laughs> holes. Uh, but Vegas Wits and Wagers is really great. It takes the normal Wits and Wagers mechanics of betting 
on. We also other think Jared answers. broke the economy. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm pretty sure we played that wrong. Yeah, uh, we're pretty sure. So so there is a part of the game where you can blind bet on on people, like. So the question is red, mm-hmm. and then you can be like, "Oh my god, that's a question about Donald Duck." Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that so-and-so knows everything about yeah. Disney. So you can just straight up be like, without without even seeing the answers before anyone writes the answers, you can just bet, like, Larry knows. Larry knows the answer to this question. I have full confidence that Larry knows the answer to this question. Right. So we're pretty sure now. I don't think you can all in. We're pretty sure you can't all in on yourself. I don't think it, it was a question about it. It was like, what was Donald Duck's? What year was Donald Duck's first appearance? And I was like, I know the answer to that all in on myself. Yeah. So he all in every, every bit that he had earned in the entire game on himself. And the payout in Vegas was like it, every it's, bit it's of money like that 10 existed. Times. Oh my God. It's like a, like 10 to one odds. So the, the Vegas mat has odds. The, the normal one is like, Oh yeah, you can bet on these, whatever. You get like two to one points, whatever. But the Vegas one has a scale like, like Vegas does. One. You can bet on black or red. And yeah, it's like, uh, there's like, a, I think the blind is 10 to one. It was like 10 to one. And yeah. Jared broke the economy of the game. There I was, was like, no more chips left. I was like, oh, I have 6,000 points. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. And I, yeah, I don't think you can do that. No, we're pretty sure that that was well, so not the, okay. The one that we had, it was like the pre-production one. It did not come with rules. Yeah. They, they did not have the rules finished when when they gave it to us. They're like, eh, we'll have a PDF of that at some point. And it is, it's on Board Game Geek now. It and is. It, comes, it came in the Kickstarter versions, mm-hmm. like the ones that they actually sent out. But what we had didn't have rules, so we were just like, yeah, we can figure, we got this. We've played with some <laughs> wagers. We know how this works. All in. <laughs> So it was really fun, though. And now we know that um, yeah, in I our should, rules, we broke the economy. So I, I also backed it on Kickstarter. And I, I have mine that did come with rules. Yeah. I haven't looked at them yet. But I'm fairly certain it's probably against the rules to <laughs> either blind bet on yourself or at least to go all in on a bet. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a great game. It's by it North was Star. definitely... One of our favorite game game releases of 2017. Yes, Vegas Wits and Wagers. Yes. So um, my husband and I found um, that Mega Man Pixel Tactics was one of our favorite 2017 releases. Now, while it wasn't any like, you know, reinventing of the wheel regarding Pixel Tactics. Yeah, I don't um, think they changed anything. They really didn't. They just added an IP mm-hmm. to pixel tactics, but Jeremy and I had never played pixel tactics. We had always kind of been eyeballing the game, but we never had actually played, but my husband really likes Mega Man. So the Mega Man IP is what made us kind of finally pull the, pull the trigger and buy the game. And we really liked it so much. In fact, that I think we are going to end up buying all the pixel tactics that exists now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, Four or five. 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 The, the first one that came in like uh, level 99 did this like box of mini games. Mm-hmm. It was like nine or 10 different just mini deck of card games. That's where Pixel Tactics came from. And then they did a couple of sequels and then they did a box to hold it all. So, like, which we the, are going to buy that. The Pixel Tactics Deluxe mm-hmm. 5 box yeah. will hold all of Pixel Tactics. And our plan is to purchase that. So, I mean, I, I don't feel like we need to talk about this a lot because we did mention it in. 
the stocking stuffer. No, we did not. We didn't mention it in the stocking stuffer. I don't, stuffer I don't remember. Either that or we talked about it in the two-player yeah. episode. But it is a really great game, and it's a lot of fun for two players to play. And I feel like there's sometimes there's not enough games out there that are designed specifically for two players. And this one is specifically a two-player game. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean, they make a lot of games that are like, you can play this with two to four players. And if you play it two players, you're like, eh. This one eh. is designed specifically for two players. Yeah, it's a it's it's not a TCG. It's not a trading card game. No. But it's set up. The play style is very much. the It's the play style of a trading card game. It is. That 1v1, I've got cards, I play them, I do things, and then you go and you do the exact same thing and we have a... A back and forth of yeah, I and play cards, played, you play cards. It's played, your cards are played there in rows. Yeah, if you've ever played um, Card Fight Vanguard, Pixel Tactics is very, very similar to that. I mean, it's got a little bit of a twist. It's not Well, exactly and it's got same, rows but. also, like if you've played Versus from Upper Deck, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not the same rules or anything, but it's got that same, like your cards are played in rows. And you're like your front row people are, you know, you've got your attackers, you got your defenders. Yeah, and yeah. if I'm in like the left lane... You know, you, you, I can't be like, oh, I'm going to attack your dude in the back right. Right. And that doesn't exist in verses. But um, but yeah, there that that is part of um, the the pixel tactics. And, you know, I really I thought that the, you know, the rows and everything, it was really cool. And, you know, I enjoyed I haven't played a lot of Mega Man. So some of the different characters were kind of lost on me. But my husband really had a good time being like, oh, this character's in here. and This is really fun. So I had a lot of fun watching him, you know, look at the different characters and stuff. So they're putting out a, a compilation package of Mega Man games on the Switch. So and I'm sure he'll pick that up. Oh, I most <laughs> I I would I'm think sure you're correct. Pick that up. Yeah, 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 most definitely. So yeah, Mega Man Pixel Tactics. I would I would say is definitely up there for, um, and it, it made me discover an older game that that I didn't hadn't played previously so it's kind of a twofer there cold water crown is a game uh, it's about like crab fishing and fish fishing it's a worker placement sort of it's, it's more like a worker displacement game so y- your pieces are these little discs and they have a, a side one and a side two and when you place it you do an action and then you flip it whenever you pick it back up you do a different action so you kind of have to think ahead you have to yeah. look at what your opponents have done and been like, okay, so on your turn, you pick up, you do that action, it'll clear that space. So I need to wait a turn until that space repopulates so I can get more bait to collect a fish. So I'm going to go here, and then on my next turn, when I pick up, I'll... it's it's a phenomenal game. I really super like it. Yeah, but it's a fishing tournament. Okay. It's the, I mean, well, the story behind it, it's a fishing look, tournament. Look, I told you I didn't know what the story was. And I wasn't joking when I said I didn't know what the story was. I remembered that it had a story and that I didn't care at all. I didn't, I did not care well, one bit about the story. Well, here's the funny thing is, okay, if you guys have been listening and following along the whole year, you'll know that Jared likes board games that have weird themes. Yes, yes. And you'll also know that a lot of times, <laughs> at least, especially early on when I started playing board games with Jared, I, I would, he would bring these games to the table and I'd be like, seriously, Jared? Like, are you seriously going <laughs> to... What is this like, stupid like, game? What is this? What, a fireman game? Come on. Yeah. Like, the first time he bought Police Precinct to the table, I'm just You're like... You're like, Ugh. What? Like, a freaking police game? Yeah, and it's great. It is. Um, so... We, we were we were at Geekway, 
this this game came out at some point. Uh, it was a Kickstarter game. Um, and it was one of the play-in wins at Geekway. So I was like, oh, let's play this. What, the Cold Water yeah, game? Yeah, Cold, cold I, Water I, And by, by this point, I should learn to trust you. Should, you should. And you were like, But you bring this, you bring this? this fishing game <laughs> to the table, and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me with this? I'm like, fishing? Uh, what? And we played it with some just random lady that was Yeah, we played with a rando lady. And she was like, oh, I mean, I, yeah, that looks kind of like fun. Let's play it. And it, and we're and like, it was. Okay. It was really cool. And it was. I liked it enough to buy it. Yeah, I would I would buy it too if I'd ever been able to find it. It's not an easy game. They to had find. one copy at the store that we went to in Chicago. Miniature market. No, right? that's no. in St. Louis. Oh, that you went to in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw it on the shelf, I was like, uh yoink. Yeah, yeah, it's not an easy game to find. So seriously, if you do find this game um on a shelf somewhere, don't hesitate. Just buy it. Alternatively, I'm sure it's easily available on like miniature market. Yeah, or on something. your favorite online retailer or Amazon. But, you know, support your local support your local board game store if they're worth supporting. I mean, not all of them Not are. all of them are, and I I am aware of that fact. Not all not all local game stores are worth supporting, but if yours is, please do. Yes. It is available on cold on on Amazon, but it says there are only two left in stock. Jeez. Oh, so by the time you listen to this, uh, you might not. Well, yeah, it's going to be a little bit before this gets posted. Oops. Whoops. All right. So I gave John D this one on a technicality. I, I was like, no, this is a 2016 game. But one of the games that I listed is technically also a 2016 game. So I let her get away with it. Do you want to explain your technicality? Okay. So vast. Uh, what's the full title vast of that? Crystal Caverns. Crystal Caverns. Because it's a system. Vast is the system because they're doing like, I think it's going to be called Mysterious Mansion or something. Yeah, yeah. Haunted House. It's it's going to be alliteration. Um, the next one's going to be in a, a spoopy. A, a, spoopy. A spoopy Scooby-Doo style house. Yeah, so Vast, the Crystal Caverns. Um, my technicality is that... This is the <laughs> go on. The English second edition came out this year. So the reprint, the reprint <laughs> came out in came 2017. Out in 2017, and I played it for the first time this year. I did not know the game existed until this year. I picked up my copy. Um, they they did a they offered pickup at Gen Con last year, so I, I picked mine up. And to be fair, a lot but of I people. Yeah, I didn't play it with you. We didn't play it together. Until no, this year. This year. And to be fair, a lot of people did not know this game existed until 2017. It kind of yeah. took off this year. Yeah. So those are my technicalities for putting it on the 2017 list. While technically it was a 2016 game, it really, it had a slow buildup and really hit its stride in 2017. So. But I'll, I'll give you that because um, one of mine coming up is also. So. Yeah. So it is a game where. Um, oh, it's a game. It oh is a God. game. It is so cool. It is a beast. Everybody is doing something different in this game. If you like games that have asymmetric multiplayer, woof. Oh, yeah. It is so cool. And you can play this game two-player. And while it's... I, it, no. Yes, you can. And actually, you can ask our friends at Table for Two. They have played it two-player, and they enjoyed it at two-player. You know, I'm sure you can, and I'm sure that they did. I don't think that I would. I think, in my opinion... This game plays best at, at maximum four. player count. No, I, I think at four. It you would think play four? Well. Yeah. I think maximum According player count. According to BGG, it says best now, at four. Now, at max player count, it is going to take three hours to play. It did. When we played at five, I think you could play it without somebody playing the cave, and it would be fine. I don't know how it could be. 
I played as the dragon and I screwed you guys over <laughs> yeah, you so hard. Although I believe the cave won. Uh, no, I won. Did you? Yeah, I got out. Did you? I, I got thought the, the cave. No, I'm pretty sure I got the treasure pretty and got sure out. Sure, Cat won, and she was playing well, the cave. We can check on. We can check our plays on Board Game Geek. Either, um, either, either I was going to win on the next turn, or I did win. Yeah, we'll have to check. Uh, but yeah, but it, okay. So the game, everybody's playing somebody. So somebody plays the yeah, dragon. Yeah, you all have different roles. Somebody plays the dragon. Somebody's playing the goblins. Somebody's playing as the cave. Yes, the cave is trying to destroy you as well. And they all play differently. They all have different. Yeah, everybody abilities. has a different goal in mind. So like, like the the knight wants to steal the treasure. The goblins want to kill the knight. Um, the, the cave dragon, is trying to. The cave is trying to grow big enough and then collapse in on itself. Right. The dragon is trying to Protect, wake up and leave the yeah, cave. Yeah. And um, there's a few other roles. I don't. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember. There's like. No, I'm sorry. Maybe it's not. It's not the knight. No, no. The knight is trying to kill the goblins. The thief is trying to get the treasure. So the thief's trying to get the treasure. The goblins are trying to kill the thief. The knight's trying to kill the knights. The knight's trying to kill the goblin. The dragon's trying to kill the knight or wake up and leave the cave. The cave's trying to grow and then collapse. And I think there's another one more role. Like a witch, maybe. No, but they did a, right. so they did a Kickstarter for a reprint and also a, an expansion. And the reprint came out around Gen Con. And the, uh, the the expansion's supposed to be the thief? delivering. Did you say thief? Thief, yeah. The thief's trying to get the treasure. The, the the expansion parts are supposed to be soon. I got a notification the other day that was like, all right, we're locking down addresses. But I backed for the miniatures. Um, the game normally comes with some wooden pieces. And I believe, I believe the retail one has different pieces than the one that I have. Uh, I'm not totally sure. So this is the problem. When you back stuff on Kickstarter, you're like, oh, yeah, it comes with this, this, and this. And you realize, oh, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't um, come with those things. I don't think the meeples come no, with. I don't think, I think it they comes only with the, come with the Kickstarter version. Yeah, I think so. So the the pieces that I have aren't. So you get the cardboard standees with the retail version. Yeah, you get the wooden meeples yeah. with the Kickstarter version. And they offered miniatures, like little plastic miniatures, as part of the most recent Kickstarter. Right now, I think if you go to like Meeple Real Reality or whatever, oh, I'm sure you, you can, can probably buy can, Meeples I'm sure, for it. I'm sure you can pick them up at, at some at some cost. Right, right. But the game is really cool, and even if you can't get the Meeples, it's still oh, worth. Yeah, no, yeah. it's still totally worth buying the game. And um, the uh, the new one, there's not a whole lot of information. They they did some playtesting at Origins and Gen Con and stuff and other conventions, and it's going to take place in a, a haunted house. But it's it's going to be the same idea, like that the house. Is I'll gonna, totally get it. You know, I mean, the house is obviously the allegory for the cave, and I'm sure there's going to be something that's a dragon, like a a ghost. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, I I will give you vast because the reprint <laughs> the reprint came out. I don't was it a second edition or was it just a second printing? It says English second edition. I don't wonder what they changed. I don't know. I whatever I pledged for, I, it'll come with maybe like. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the player board, I think, was changing. I think they were changing the player boards. So there you go. I got a good technicality. Because sure. it doesn't say reprint. It says second yeah. edition. Booyah. Okay. John D. has an obsession with a specific game company. I do. Where it's a it's a new obsession. Yes. 
that I discovered this year. What's interesting is I have all of his games. Well, I discovered you, them when I went been, to Utah this year. You've been like, oh my God, I need that. How, how can I get that? And you've been trying to, trying to play catch up. Yeah. Oh, I have. I have. But you don't have Dingo Dreams yet. That's the only one I don't yeah. have, I think. Okay, so the obsession, I have this obsession with Red Raven Games yes. now. They had a booth at, when I went to uh, SaltCon, they had a booth at SaltCon, and I was like, oh my God, their art is really cool. The art, yes. It's like, this art is really neat. Um, All of their games are beautiful. I can't remember what game they were specifically showing off at SaltCon. Uh, oh, they were showing off Near and Far. It wasn't out yet, yet at this point, but they were showing it off. Um, everybody was playing, I think above and below and they were showing off near and far with it or whatever. And I was like, this is really cool. And the art's awesome. What is this? And I was helping out at a booth, so I didn't really have time to play, but I kept walking past and all these people were playing this game that was like covering this table and everybody was having a good time. And I was like, wow. And they had pictures of Islebound, which also has the similar art. And I was just like falling in love with this, with these games so I come back and I I don't think I bought any of them right away. But then one of our friends, I believe, had Above and Below, maybe. I don't remember the whole story, but the I long story I, short. I know you didn't play my copy because my, my no. copies are in there and haven't. I think maybe played. I bought. I, may, I think I came back and bought Above and Below right away because it was my copy that we played. Okay. So we played that. I fell in love with the game. Yeah, we did buy it because I put it on my 10 by 10. Uh, fell in love with the game, fell in love with the art, and I have ever since been trying to play catch up and like buy all of their games. Um, I bought, when I got near and far, I waited until Gen Con to buy near and far so I could buy the yes, Kickstarter you wanted version. The, with the extra pieces that you can right. use to make them compatible. Right. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? Like the extended edition tiles yeah. or something? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I got all the Kickstarter um, stuff I mean, of that. Realistically, you don't need those pieces. You can just no, do it. No, but, but they I'm come with... so in love with their stuff that I wanted. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't blame you for wanting the promo tiles, but like you can, if you go out and you buy these games now, you can still play them with each other. The promos basically were just like, oh, this character exists in this game. Yeah. But now we've made it so that it's compatible with the other game. But you don't really need to play the games together and I probably won't, but it's I like, wanted um, the cards that go with each other and go in, in each of the different games. It's like the, um, legendary aliens and legendary predator. predator you can play yeah. them together, but if you have the, the little pack, right, it, it makes it easier. Makes it easier. It. Cause you don't have to be like, hold on. What does this word mean? Cause it's the same mechanic, but they changed the word. Yeah. But you can, you can play them together. You I don't think need so. the pack. But because I've, because I've kind of become, they're like my new favorite, board game company in general. I love their art. Um, Red Raven games. I don't know if we said what it was. Yeah. Red Raven games. I, I absolutely am in love with, uh, with them. Um, he's my favorite new board game designer. Ryan, Ryan Lucat. Yes. Lowcat. I don't Lau- remember. I don't know how to say it. I don't name. remember what is, but I am in love with him as a board game designer. He's like my favorite new board game designer. Seriously. So shout out to him. He's my fave. And I think I love the, in near and far, the board is is like a spiral bound. Yes, it's like notebook. a notebook. Yeah, that is like, in my opinion, my favorite of the year. My favorite new like board game piece. And I'm sure it's been done before, but that was the first like big game that yeah. did something like so that. So it's my favorite new like board game piece of the year. Seriously, I love it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, 
I, I, I suspect in the future we might see a little bit more of that. Because it's a great way to make a game, give a game a lot more replayability. Versus putting a bunch of different boards in a in the box. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. take up as much space. And yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Codenames Duet debuted at Gen Con, but they had, you know, uh, like a preview. It wasn't a play test because it was already done at that point. But yeah, they but had, they had like, a bunch of preview like versions preview that versions, you could play yeah, at Origins. At Origins, uh-huh. And we did. We played it a lot. We played it, you know, once or twice. Or at, at night, because like I was times. working a booth during the day. We played it. And we then at night, we went and played we, a bunch. Yeah, we played it a, a lot. We played the giant version, didn't we? We did not. We didn't play the giant did we not? version. No. It was there, though. Yes. Yes, we didn't. We did not play it. Codenames Duet is exactly the same game as Codenames with a minor twist. It's harder, I think. I think it is. The... So the the main difference is it's built to be a two player game where the um gosh I don't even know what they're called the the cards that tell you where the like codes are like where the assassin is and I'm sure there's a a name for those like the the decoder card or what whatever it's called oh there is a name for them and I before you said that I knew what they yeah. were called yeah I don't I don't know um whatever they're called yeah so they they're they're front and back and they they are in like a little standy thing yeah so they're uh, like it's like a map we'll just call it the the map cards so you're both looking at your side at the same time yeah and you have a certain amount of overlap which makes it really confusing because like i could be guessing something that's that's the assassin for you but because on my side of the card it's not an assassin right then it's not an assassin but if you're looking at it you're like crap so there's three assassin tiles on each side of the card only one of them is shared between both sides. Yeah. So my side has three assassins. John D's side has three assassins, but they're different except for the one that is the same. So you might look at it and go, okay, crap. I, she gave me a clue. I want to guess this word, but it's one of the assassin words. I've got a one in three chance of this being an assassin card for her. Did she give me a bad clue or is this just not one of the assassin that I need to worry about for this, this part of the game? Yeah. So like it's, it's I very like stressful. I like code names anyway. I like I don't love code names. I like it. I really I like love it. duet. I thought it was really fun. Um, and of course the the word cards are compatible with if you have the base game of code names mm-hmm. or the um, code names undercovers deep, deep undercover whatever the the adult one with the naughty words. There's a naughty one. Yeah, it was sold at Target. It's a Shut it's up. a black box. You didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's called like Deep Undercover. I mean, the last or thing like I that. need is any more like it's a naughty game. God, and, and honestly, half the cards are just you're just gonna be like. <sighs> so it's an <laughs> really adult it's not only. Really that naughty. Well, no, I mean some of them are just like. Some of them are funny innuendo, but a lot of them are straight up just. Um, science terms. Let's say. Oh no! Come on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just. A fair number of the cards, you're just going to be like, uh, no, we don't play with that one. We don't play with that one. We don't play with that one. Those aren't really naughty. Those are just scientific words. Those are words. anatomical words. <laughs> Those are, uh... So yeah, yeah. Some of them, some of them are, but some of them are very funny innuendos that they're not naughty words, but you could, you could see how they were naughty words. Um, right. But they're, they're compatible. It's mixable. So what I've done is I've, in Codenames Pictures, I have the Marvel 
and the Disney because those are both pictures. So I have regular pictures, code names Marvel, code names Disney in the pictures box. And in the regular regular code names box, I have code names, deep undercovers, and duet. See, I don't think I could mix if I had bad things mixed in because I would want to be able to play it with like my nephews and stuff. Well, then don't buy the <laughs> right. Don't don't buy the uh, yeah that one. Right. It's dumb. It's re- it's really it dumb. It sounds real dumb. Like it's cool. It's fun. It's funny, but it's the same problem with like you know all what? these cards against humanity. I don't need games. a dirty game to make things dirty anyway. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, Codenames Duet. I think of all the Codenames that I've played, that one is by far my favorite. I still need to purchase the Disney one, and I don't care about the Marvel one. So, yeah. Battle Kittens is the next one on the list. I first bought it just because it was a kitty cat game, and I pretty much buy every kitty cat game I see. Um... So the story behind it is when I was working um, a booth at, I think it was Origins. Yeah, it was Origins. I was next to the, was next to the booth that was advertising Battle Kittens, and I kept seeing the banner for Battle Kittens, and I was like, oh my god, those ki- those samurai kittens are so adorable. So I finally walked over to the booth because the other girls I was working with were like, oh, my God, those cats are so cute. Go find out what that game is. So I go over there and I was like, tell me about Battle Kittens. So they show me this game and I was like, OK, how much is it? And they're like, 10 bucks. It's like sold. I want to buy it. And they're like, it doesn't come out till Gen Con. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like you're showing me this game and I can't buy it right now. So like, that's what when, are you, when doing? you ask how much it costs, you, you know, that's when you say, well, it's not out yet. But when it comes out, it'll be ten dollars. Yeah. Like, seriously, I was like, ah. So then at Gen Con, I wasn't next to them. They were they they didn't have as they didn't have as good a spot as as who we was did. it? Was it Upper, Ultra Pro? Ultra Pro. Yeah. So on one of my breaks at Gen Con, I literally like walked all over looking looking specifically for this game because you know I wanted this ten dollar game and and I bought Battle Kittens. It's it's a drafting game, and um, basically it's like these different like kitten samurai dojos. That um, you don't like they have like agility, cuteness. I can't remember. There's like four different like like talents that they that you're going to be comparing. But you don't know. You know what three of them are going to be and you don't know what the fourth one is going to be. So when you're drafting, you don't always know exactly what abilities you're going to need. So there's always going to be a bit of guessing. And then. Well, and if you're card counting, you can remember like what you passed and when it comes around because if you're any game where you're drafting you can be like all right i know what cards are in this i pass this oh this is my hand that i've that's come okay these cards are missing kind of yeah that's how drafting works johnny right <laughs> yeah but i'm not good at those okay fair enough fair enough continue please so, but anyway it's it's a drafting game but then when it comes down to the actual competition you want to have the cutest kitten the cutest kitten or the most agile kitten, like whatever for each round. The cutest kitten. It's not always the cutest. The cutest kitten. Whatever. But anyway, that's that's the basic gist of the game. But the art is super adorable because it's these little samurai cats. And I, I really like it. I mean, it's it's just a filler game. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, it's $10. So yeah, it's 10 bucks. Yeah. And if you like kitties or samurai or samurai kitties, this game is for you. I don't think you can complain about a $10 game too much. No. No, you can't. 
there's a game called Shop in Time, and I was told not to buy it. I was told multiple times not to buy it. <laughs> I'm glad you bought it. So I bought it. <laughs> I'm so glad you bought it. I, I would like to buy this game. It's okay. So it's sort of, it's sort of like Price is Right. It reminds me a it's lot. It's like the shopping game. Right. You know, the, the shopping game Price is Right where they're like, how much does a bag of flour cost? You know, people are like, I don't know, $13. So the way that it works. <laughs> <laughs> they always get stupid things like that too. It's a, it's a drafting game as well. Um, so it, it does have a draft. It uses an app and you're like, okay, round start. Okay. The target to reach here is like $13 and 48 cents. But the, the cards are like, how much did a bicycle cost in 1937? So you're drafting these cards and they have QR codes on them. So you're like, okay, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one. And uh, I'm going to stop. I think I'm done. I think I'm going to stop here. So what you're trying to do is have, you're like trying your to hit cart, that. Yeah. You're trying to hit that. Your target cart is them. full of like things that, in 1937, this and this and this will reach this amount. And of course, there's no there's no possible way for you to know the answers to this. No, like, there's no possible way. I don't know what a what a bicycle costs now in 2017 dollars. I certainly don't know what it cost in, in 1937 no. or 1985. No. It is not all bicycles. You know, it's stuff like a, a, a two liter of soda. Um, but what you do at the end of the round is you, you use the app and it's sort of like a, a booper. It's a booper. And you, you take the QR codes, you put them in front of the camera that's on the app. And it goes, if you're the boop, first one, boop. you get coupons. Like the yes. first three people to finish in the round get coupons. Yes. So you, you scan your cards and your coupon. And I think the, the first coupon is like 50 cents off, 20 cents off, 10 cents off, something like that. Something like that, yeah. But you want to be the closest without going over. Price is right style. Yes, it's, it's price is right style, yeah. And uh, honestly, there's not a terribly huge amount of game there but it's fun it, it, it's a lot it's, of fun it's real it's another real-time game that doesn't super stress me out although i'm really slow and everybody's like come on johnny hurry yeah. up well so the the app counts you down it's like okay and pass and pass so we're like johnny it said pass come on it said pass let's go like there's been points where johnny has not picked a card and it's like and pass. And I'm like, Johnny, pass. Come on, pass, pass. <laughs> or I'll look at him too soon because like, you pass him, but you're not oh, yes. supposed to pick it's, him it's up like, yet. Pass. And, and look. look. And I've already and looked. And pass. <laughs> I don't think it ultimately matters if we let you look because you're right. still not going to have enough time to pick the card. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're giving you this huge advantage because you're still going to sit there and go, how much did a how much did a can of baked beans cost in 1968? Let me see if I know that. Let me think about that. Let me stare at this card and think about 1968 baked beans and pass and you're like oh I, I didn't i didn't pick a card i didn't pick a card it's it's only a little bit stressful for her a little bit yeah i mean she's not picked up the game and dumped it back <laughs> in the box <laughs> I have not. So, so i think we're and doing we've all play, right. i've actually asked to play it a second time yeah so but i bought it we've i mean i bought it i knew what i was buying um we played it like two times and then i put it in the uh, our convention library Cause I, I know it will get more people will play it and have fun with it. If it's in the library and the app's than if I free. Keep it. Yeah. The app is free. So I don't need to keep the copy in my collection. And it's not like until such time that we have to put our library in a, I mean, it's, it's in, it's in there in a box, but yeah, it, it's, it's available at Barnes and Noble. I don't know where else is available. The art looks like the 1950s. It's really yeah, cute. I like it. It's retro. Yeah, it's really cute. I like it. It's retro art. 
But Shoppenheim's a pretty pretty cool game. It Definitely was fun. try it. I wouldn't. I would not. I'm gonna real talk here. I'm sorry, Mer- Mercury Games. I would not recommend that you purchase this game. I would definitely recommend that if you have a friend that has it, that you play it. Oh, see, I would recommend it's not it's not for everybody. But, you know, I I would recommend you purchase it because it's a good filler game. I don't know. There's a lot of setup for it to be filler. You got to download the app. You got to. Oh, my God, because it's so hard stack to the box in a way that the the phone can, has enough light that the. It is such a hard game. You mean, <sighs> oh, my God, you have to download an app and stack a box. It's just. Oh my god, it's so it's not a hard it's Battle Kittens, you take it out of the box and you shuffle it. And then you play. All right, so we disagree as to whether or not you should buy the game, but That's fair. That's fair. I don't think it's a must have. Oh no, 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 no. But what it's, is it like it, you a, should play it. What is it like a fifteen, twenty dollar game? I think it's more than that. I mean if it's a fifty dollar game, then it's no. not fifty, I think it's like thirty. Well, then it's your choice. I know what I paid for it. If you find it in a discount bin, definitely buy it. That's fair. That's fair. Because Barnes and Noble marks stuff they down do. all if you, the time. If you go to Barnes and Noble and they're doing a 50% off or 75% buy off it. and it's in there, Definitely sure, go ahead it. and pick it up. But full price. Full price, no, it's, absolutely yeah. not. But I, would, I mean, I come on, Barnes and Noble marks stuff down they do. all the time. They do. So if you find it on clearance at Barnes and Noble, then it's worth it. It's a fun game. It was, it was a kitty. Yep, I hear some growling. That was a motorcycle. <laughs> so the next game is one that we haven't played a full game of and i'm pretty sure that we've i played will like quit f- we've we've started this game like five different times okay and i'm sure that while i totally see the fun factor in this this will be a game that i will literally get up and walk away from the table and i will dump off my player screen when this game first got announced I already was excited. I was like, I am buying that Because game. this is one of those themes that I, w- as soon as I heard about it, I was like, this is a Jared game. Yeah. It's called Paramedics Clear. And it's a real-time game from Smirk and Dagger. And so it, all of Smirk and Dagger's games have this kind of, like, it's sort of cooperative to a point, and then you backstab your friend. So I knew I had to have this game. Mm-hmm. We demoed it at Origins, and I was like, oh, this game johnny you don't even understand like I, I we got an interview with the guy at smirk and dagger we we i talked to him i was like this is the coolest game that i have seen here at the show and that wasn't me just patronizing him it's it's a jared i game. this this is like when the doors opened at gen con this was like the third game that I went to get and it would have been sooner on my list, but I had to drive, drive, drive. I had to drive by other, I had to walk by, <laughs> I had to walk past other booths to get to the Smirk and Dagger booth. So I was like, well, on the way I'll pick up these games. Otherwise it would have been, as otherwise it would have been like if they had been close to the door or there hadn't been games that I wanted on the way, this would have been my first stop. I was so excited for this game. So real talk for me. I can totally see where this would be a great game for most, for we, a lot of we people. Should, we should talk about what this game is. Go ahead. I think we've talked about this game before. Yeah, go ahead. But so you you are an EMT. You get to a scene. You've got a card that has the problem on it. Like this guy's been stabbed and it's got little conditions. And you need to, with the cards you have available, stabilize this guy. The app, and it's not the game that uses an app, has like a heartbeat. Boop, 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 boop. So you have to play all the cards really quickly, and then you have to press the the button to save the guy's life. You have to be like, clear, and press the button. You're not always going to have the cards that you need. 
you are going to lose patience. They are going to die. You can ask your other EMTs for help. You can be like, I need help. Please help me. I need a card. I need a card. I need a card. Please, please. You can also, you know, not so subtly sabotage your friends by playing like these critical patients that have to be dealt with before you can deal with the other guy. Like this guy's brain is falling out of his body. Save him right now. I mean, obviously not. His brain's falling out of the body. What are you going to do? But you have to save these patients. You have to stabilize them. You have to press the button. You have to clear. And you don't have enough time to do all these things. It is super fast paced. And yes, John D is going to get up in the middle of it and walk out. So the only time we have played it so far, we only played it around maybe two rounds. Mm-hmm. And each round gets shorter. And the rounds are already really short anyway. Dude, there's not enough time. I thought I was going to kill somebody. <laughs> I was just like, seriously, the round's already over? Are you freaking kidding me with this? Like, I can see the fun factor for people, but I already am not great with real-time games, especially with a super short time limit where there's, like, a lot of stress. I'm pretty sure not only will I get up and walk away from the table, I will pick up my player board and dump it off. Yeah. Just like I did with Galaxy Trucker. Yeah, you're never going to leave that down, are you? Nope, and I'm yeah. pretty sure this one will get added to the list. Like like we said in the last episode, when we do our real-time game episode, we're probably it's going to be that episode where we're like, John D. quit this game. John D. quit this game. Yeah. John D. dumped this game on the floor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I think be... if, if, if there is one type of game that I could actually say I just don't enjoy a lot, it's probably going to be real-time games. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yep. You, you do have a... My anxiety just... I have trouble... I think before we play real-time games, I probably should take like half a bottle of anxiety pills. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but then I won't be able to play them at all. I'll just like fall asleep or something. Oh, gosh, Johnny. Okay, that's fine. Yep. So, so you have not played Bees. No, you were trying to explain it to me in every game you mentioned. You also I also not had not played. So Bees is a real-time dice-rolling game. It's made by the guy that made Discount Salmon. So you Bees. Bees, yes, with five E's. You you roll your dice. So you when you to, say it, do you count five with your fingers? I don't Bees. know. I don't know. He had a really, really crappy put-together like print-and-play demo of this a few years ago at Geekway. Okay, like in the prototype room or whatever. Um, no, we just played it in a hallway. Okay, we just he he was like, I've I've got this other game, and he pulled out this Ziploc bag of these little <laughs> hexes that he had put together in dice. Uh, the, so the way that works is you roll your dice as quickly as possible, and you're trying to match numbers to flowers. To you've, you're collecting, and it doesn't make sense, but you're collecting flowers and bringing them into your hive to make a beehive. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have certain criteria. The scoring is a little bit too complicated for me to explain here without referencing it. But basically you want to either focus on one type of color or, you know, different colors. Cause once you place them, it's the scoring is based on how many of the other color that it's touching. Mm-hmm. And there's also cards that change the scoring. I think the cards might've been exclusive to the Kickstarter campaign. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar to games like uh, Vegas Dice or Las Vegas, depending on which version of that game you have, or Roll for It, where you're just you know you're rolling dice, you're trying to place them on things, and you're you're racing other players to get the dice locked in before the other players 
can like swoop in and um one of the side of the dice is a b okay we've got it's got these little custom dice but it's a lot of fun we will talk about it more in our real-time game episode and make john d play that i think she'll like this one this one i really think that she will like got a good feeling about this one the theme is really cute because it's a bees i like cute games but I guess we'll we'll find out. I've been surprised about things before. <sighs> Who knows? Okay, so King Domino is my cheat game. Yes. Technically, it came out in 2016. However, I do want to point out <laughs> that it won Spiel, the 2017 Game of the Year. I thought Queen Domino. No, you're right. King Domino did. Queen Domino came out recently. Uh, and yeah. I want to talk about Queen Domino for a second. So y- you know how... King of Tokyo is a great game. Mm-hmm. And then King of New York came out Ugh. and it's like, they took the good parts of King of Tokyo and added too much crap and yep. buried the good parts. Yep. Queen Domino, unfortunately does the same thing. King Domino is a very simple tile choosing and placing games. Very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Queen Domino is like, well, what if, what if we took that game and added a game on top of it? Ugh. So, you know, I was really excited about Queen Domino coming out. I like it, but I like it in the same way that I like King of New York. I do not like King of New York at all. I like King of Tokyo way more than I like King of New York. And I like I King Domino way more than I will like not King play Domino. King of New York at all. I've played it twice, and each time I played it, I liked it less. So They it, just they added too much. They tried to do too much with it, I think. It's just it's not that it's a bad game. It's, it's just, just too overcomplicated. If if King of Tokyo had never come out and it just King of New York would have come out. It'd be okay. Yeah. You'd be, be like, okay, this is, this is like, neat. This is right. But the problem is that they, they took a super simple streamlined game and added clunkiness to it. I feel like if King of Tokyo had never come out and we played, and I just played King of New York, I would have just felt like it was an okay game that was a little bit too complicated. Well, I guess we'll never know. Yep. But King Domino, I mean, obviously it won, it won game of the year. It won yes. Spiel. So there's clearly a good game here. It is so simple. It is so simple. You can teach it to a child. And I'm not saying that like condescendingly. I'm saying if you have a six-year-old or a seven-year-old in your life, teach them this game. Buy this game. Play this with them. They will love it. You will love it. I love it. In fact, I bought... So as like a promotional item, they made giant king domino and originally this was you know every retail store could buy a single copy of king domino giant version as like a demo well guess what i have (laughs) is it because you work in a store that never buys those kinds of things no i bought this at a different store okay so what i'm doing with my i i have two copies of king domino the normal king domino one of them is going to the library. I'm, I'm putting it in the library. The other one is just going to be put into Queen Domino because you can play them sort of together just to make the game bigger. Um, you can take two copies of King Domino, put them together and play a bigger game. Or you can do what I'm going to do. Put King Domino into Queen Domino and just play a bigger game of King Domino and ignore <laughs> ignore the extra <laughs> Queen Domino rules. It's not it's not bad. It's not bad. Queen Domino is a great game. It's just doing it as a follow up to 
game of the year, you know, your expectations are set high. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, King Domino is great. I can't wait to see what they do next. Oh, this is the direction that they went with this. (sighs) Okay. I, okay. But the exact same thing that happened with King of New York, King of Tokyo. Bummer. I was like, oh my God, King of New York. I can't wait. They're going to take the mechanics of, of King of Tokyo. They're going to refine them. They're going to add some cool stuff to it. And oh, it is really clunky and kind of crappy. Yeah. But Queen Domino is still a great game. King Domino, one game of the year. It's a tiny box too. I mean, there's a lot of game there. Cool. Betrayal at Baldur's Gate is a retheme and sort of refinement of Betrayal at House on the Hill. Only it's Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, it's set in the magical, fantastical world of Dungeons and Dragons. It didn't really fix a lot of the problems of Betrayal at House on the Hill. Didn't fix any of them. (laughs) But I think the theme is much more appealing to some people. Like Dungeons and Dragons players. Yes, yes. So, you know, occasionally they will release a game that is good on its own but the theme is not quite there and we've talked about kind of we've kind of touched on that before we're like oh this is a really great game but the theme what this doesn't make any sense right why is this game about going up and down in elevators (laughs) you know (laughs) you know what i'm referencing yeah so i for me personally i I've I've liked Betrayal at House on the Hill, but I've always had a problem with sometimes things happen in the game that will ruin the experience of the game. Betrayal, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate still has a lot of those issues, but it has different stories and they've changed a few things, like like two things, I think three things maybe, that change the game. Now, if you already have Betrayal at House on the Hill, do you need to buy the Baldur's Gate one? No. No, you don't. It's the same game. If you like Dungeons and Dragons and have never played Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, do you need this game? No. No. Should you buy it anyway? Yeah, <laughs> you should. I really like it. You know, minus the, you know, sometimes there's some clunkiness, but but the idea of you know going down into a dungeon and finding out that one of your party members is is there to backstab you and then dealing with that it's pretty cool a lot of people have said mansions of madness second edition does betrayal better they're different they're different games they're not quite the same but if you want to play a kind of adventure dungeon crawling game with some trader mechanics betrayal at baldur's gate is I mean, you you can't go wrong with it. Sounds, I mean, that makes sense. I have not played either of the games, but I mean, sometimes one theme makes more sense to people. And so it makes, with the two games, I would, I would feel like it would make a broader, mm-hmm. give the game a more broad audience. Yeah. So. Sure. Johnny really likes Clank. I a do. A lot. I do. Well, I like Deck Builders. And this was a, I felt like it kind of added something new and different to the whole deck building um, genre. The issue here, there's a, there's a, there's a hitch. Clank came out in 2016. It did. However, 
Clank in Space came out in 2017. It was announced the day before Gen Con. <laughs> yep. And was available for sale at Gen Con. Yep. I didn't get it, though. Uh, Clank in Space is basically the exact same game as Clank, except it fixes a few issues. So normally in Clank, you'll have most of the players are going super deep into the dungeon and you're going to have like maybe one player that just dips in, grabs the first treasure and then leaves. And the rest of the game is the people trying to get out before they die. Not every game, not every time, but it's a strategy that I do often because I'm just like, okay, if you all die, then I win. No matter if I have the five point treasure and you guys have like the 30 point treasure, if you're dead, I win. Clank in space fixes that. There's like these little key cards, a data cube. So it makes a, for a more consistent game length. Um, there's also a modular board. And um, there's some new abilities. I don't know that it's, I don't know. I feel like they could have released an expansion to Clank. And I realized they did, but like another expansion. Yeah, they had the sunken treasure. Yeah, the sunken treasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like they could add, instead of making Clank in space, they could have done another expansion to Clank to fix some of this stuff. I don't don't know. Um, But then they couldn't have charged as much. That's true. There's also escape pods in space. Hmm. But, uh, you know, normal Clank, I I think normally is a, is a shorter game. Um, I think I want to say Clank is still going to get maybe one more expansion. Clank in space, I think we'll get one too. So there's still, it's still got some legs and I like the art in regular Clank more than the art in Clank in space, but that's subjective. Clank in space though has you know, little, little, little jokes about sci-fi. So there's cards cause it's a deck builder and there's sci-fi jokes on the in space one. Right. Versus like I'm the really fantasy torn jokes between the two, because I mean, we all know that I'm a huge sci-fi person. I yeah. love sci-fi and I'm a sucker for any space game. Yes. Um, I have not purchased clank in space yet because a, I was really trying to get 10 plays in on regular clank. Yeah. So I didn't want to be tempted by the space version. And two, I've really seen a lot of mixed reviews on clank in space. So again, I didn't want to tempt myself to play it for that reason. And because I was trying to get 10 plays in for the regular clank. Although now that this year's over, I'm probably going to pull the trigger and get the space version and, uh, check it out and decide for myself what I think. Yeah. So, cause you know, it's a space game and I can't not buy a deck builder that I already liked the mechanics for anyway, when it's a space game. So yep, that's what I think about that. Yeah. Okay. So this was probably, you know, I'm not going to mince words here. One of the most anticipated games of 2017. First Martians. It had a huge, 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 huge marketing campaign, pre-order campaign. It's essentially a retheme or a reskin reimagining of portal games Robinson Crusoe game, but on Mars 
Isn't it completely app supported though? Yes. So the way that the game works Actually, is. Let, let me let me rephrase that. Isn't it completely app dependent? Yeah, because the so the app acts as like uh, okay. So the, the like the main campaign of the game is you're on Mars. You're one of the first colonists, and something has gone wrong. You have to survive. You're, the phone app acts as like the AI computer core. Like if if you think of like 2001: A Space Odyssey, your app's going to be Hal, but hopefully less murdery. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is it is app driven. See, this is why a hundred percent why I chose not to buy this game. Yes, and I don't blame you because what are you going to do in twenty years if you want to play this game? Even in a few years, if they stop supporting the game when phones move on from our current yes. types. Yes. And that is unfortunately the reality of app dependent of, yes. games. Yeah. Like, it is. I'm okay with games where there is an app that goes with it. Like a companion app. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, where you can play it with the app, but you don't have to like London dread. Yeah. Like London dread has an app that you, that, that is helpful with the game, but you don't have to have the app. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately that's, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and you know, so, so that's why as much as I was interested in the game with it being a space game, Martian fun. Yay. Oh, it's I was... not fun. John D this is real life. <laughs> you know if what I you mean? You die in first Martians. You die. For okay. Real. Well, you know, so, but that's, that's why I did not get, if the game. you give me star Wars spoilers, I will literally murder you. That, that is what my, you said. Those were my words. <laughs> that is today. what you said. And I meant it. I will literally murder you she said it at the bank so i did <laughs> but yeah for first martians it's 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 a survival simulator i guess for lack of better terms the game's great it really is it really is but yes you are correct it is if if the app goes away you've got a pile of cardboard mm-hmm. unfortunately the, i mean that's yeah you're not wrong yeah and that's why i'm hesitant to buy any game that is completely app dependent well i bought it so you can you can if we play, play it play it now play it in 2018 before the before, <laughs> before the app before net neutrality makes the app go away <laughs> right what is what's it say spitz spirit spritz cookie what spritz is this cookies. spritz cookies what is spritz. Spritz, what is that so spritz cookies are a cookie i always make these at christmas time they're a cookie that um, you make them, and, but you have to use kind of, it's called, what's called a cookie press. Um, you make the dough and then you put them into a cookie press in order to make the, the shape oh, of the cookie. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're yeah. really good. I make them a little different. A lot of people, um, just make a regular spritz cookie. I add, um, a little bit of, um, orange peels to mine. It gives them a little bit of an orangey. Like a zest? Yeah, an orange zest. Okay. And it gives them a little bit of a nice, like, orangey flavor. And um, I really like them that way. It gives them a little bit more flavor than just a typical spritz cookie. Okay. So um, that's my recipe for this week. Well, no, because there's another thing on here that says eggnog sugar cookies. Oh, yeah. So I haven't tried those before. <laughs> um, that is a recipe that I thought sounded really good that I found on Pinterest. So I added that on here because eggnog is one of my favorite things during gross um, <laughs> yeah, whatever it's one of my favorite things during the christmas season i absolutely adore eggnog so Blah. um 
clearly Jared does not. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no. No, he does not. And that's fine for you. But for anybody listening, if you like eggnog, um, I'm going to share this eggnog sugar cookies recipe that I found because I was like, hey, I like eggnog and I like sugar cookies. So why not are, try this? I hope these are like really gross and you lose <laughs> all credibility that you have. Whatever. Shut up, Jared. But if you don't, but the spritz cookies I have made several years and they are fantastic. So, and cookie presses, I have a cookie press from Pampered Chef because um, the cheap ones break on me a lot. But if you're just going to make them one year, you can get a cookie press for like 20 bucks um, just about anywhere. But the Pampered Chef one has a lifetime warranty. So that's my favorite cookie press. And as usual, the recipe for that is in the episode notes. You can, if you're listening on iTunes or uh, I don't know what, whatever people use Pod, podcast addict. If you're listening on Stitcher, go to our website. <laughs> the recipe's there. Check it out. And if you make it, send us some pictures. Tag us on social media. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yep. And um, remember to give us all the stars and a, all a the stars. good review. Okay, so John D, uh, I'm gonna let you talk about this first Kickstarter since you're way more excited about it than I am. Yeah. So. Um, I've already mentioned this. No, no, I'm not downplaying this Kickstarter. It's just you are you are more excited about this one than I am. I am. I've already mentioned that I love Christmas time. I love Christmas decorations. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas food. I eggnog. Will, I will listen to Christmas music from December 24th through December 25th. I start listening to it on Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, I love Christmas music. I think mechanically this game looks cool, but. It looks really fun. So who out there gets really irritated when you get out your Christmas lights and half of them don't work and you got to find which stupid bulb is not working. I mean, granted this year, my husband and I got out of the Christmas lights, half of them weren't working. So we threw them out, went to the store. Um, we had a pre-lit Christmas tree and it wasn't working anymore. And we're just going to buy a new one next um, for next year. I'm but, sorry. Hold on. You use a, you use a fake tree? Yes. You... I'm allergic to pine, so I can't have a real tree. Then just convert to Judaism. <laughs> Are you allergic to menorahs? <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay, so I have a question about this. Is this just Hanabi? Kind of looks like it, maybe. <laughs> um, the, okay, so this Kickstarter is a card game called Christmas Lights. Um, it is. A, it's all about bulbs. If you're working, if they're working or broken... Um, you got to screw them on and plug them in. If you, you have to try to untangle the lights to make them work. Um, I think it's really cute. So here's, here's what I've, de- de- uh, de- uh, what deciphered? I don't know what deciphered. word I was going to say. Here, here's what I found. So yes, it, it is like very much like Hanabi players hold their cards out facing their opponents. Don't look at your own cards, but you are also dealt a pattern card, which is kept secret from your opponents. So I think you're supposed to somehow influence the 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 string of bulbs that get played so that you so that your pattern is made mm-hmm. but I, I mean i i would totally play this if you were to if you got this i'd play this i really think i'm gonna back it um it's canadian it's a, it's a canadian game which is weird because i don't they don't have christmas in canada oh my god they totally have christmas <laughs> there's a south park <laughs> episode no, no no okay okay so before we were recording i made a joke about that and John D went off on this like tirade about Kwanzaa. No, I mean, it, it ended up there, I think, but um, there is a whole South Park episode about the kids having to go to Canada 
and they they're upset because they never had a Christmas adventure, but their entire Christmas was adventuring through Canada during Christmas. But anyway, um, I can make a South yeah. Park reference about anything. Christmas lights but card game. I think I'm probably going to back this. Hopefully it will. This is a relaunch. So hopefully they make it this time. Yeah. There's we'll, 29 days to go. We'll put, um, um we'll so. put a link below above wherever, where yeah. to wherever the below, I think, I don't know. Yeah. This game is like super cute and I am actually, um, backing it as we speak. So, and the other Kickstarter that we have is called cats are scientists. And super cute. It is a card game. It's it's a tuck box. Like John D's least favorite kind of game is just a deck of cards. No, it's my least favorite kind of packaging. Mm, okay. Well, so what you do, and I love this. I love this. Here's here's a how to play. Throw cards one by one into a pile. <laughs> Knock cards off the table using your scientific method. Read the card and apply effect. Continue. Until you are done doing ridiculous things. So what are these, what are these things that you might say? Well, um, this one is, uh, oh God, they're like in a, in a, in a gift. Stop moving. Oh no, stop. So it's all dumb stuff. Like, uh, don't move unless it's your turn or another card requires you to, or, you know, just it, it's not, to the point where there was a game called like terrible things or something like that, where it's like your friend has to drink toilet water. No, it's gross. That's gross. Don't do that. But it's (laughs) please don't do that. This is 100% a filler game. This is, this is just, well, both of these are basically filler. Throw cards on the table, knock them off the table, do the thing. And yet this one's also from Canada. <laughs> I know this is this. The theme today is Canadian Kickstarter games, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fairly cheap game. It's got really cute art. I think it's really funny. And, um, the scientific, the, the quote unquote scientific methods are all different ways that you have to knock things off the table. <laughs> so I love it. you might have to knock them off the table with your nose or the back of your hand or well you don't have a tail so but it's you know making fun of the fact that cats like to knock things off of things i have to back both of these games but we will have we'll have links to both of those in the episode notes so i honestly i think cats or scientists has a better chance of funding because they have a much lower goal yeah and it's kitty cats um Christmas lights, the Christmas lights game, I really, really, really want, and I would love to see them be successful, but they have a really, really high goal for what the game is. I'm not sure why their goal, they have a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They this have, seems they have high $11,000 a a goal for a tuck box card game, and I'm not sure. Well, it's 15000 Canadian. Yeah, 11,000 yeah, American. It's just a card game. I don't I'm not yeah, sure why know. their goal is so high for that. I don't know. And it's too bad because it's a really cute game and I would love to see it happen. I bet they're getting it printed domestically. That's why it's so high. Well, if you guys are listening, um if you relaunch after this, if you don't make it, um look outside of Canada to get it printed and you'll have better luck. Um, All right. Well, okay, that's going to do it for us for 2017. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you again in 2018. And until then, Jared. What about like Hanukkah and 
Kwanzaa. Hanukkah's already over. <laughs> Hanukkah. I, Hanukkah's over. Uh, well, um, yeah. They already had their eight crazy have nights. Your, have, your, have all your holidays. Um, try not to murder your family. Yes. Enjoy Star Wars. Yes. Uh, turn off the news. Don't watch the news. And um, yeah, until next time, you can eat shit and dice. See you in 2018. Eat Chit and Dice is a production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international. Santa's workshop still is not out. (laughs) (laughs) Just pre-order it. I'm going to, but dang it. Just pre-order it. it. It'll get here. Freaking Christmas game. Yeah, it'll get here. Yeah, whatever. It'll get here like the day before Christmas. It'll Uh, get here that Tuesday or the day after. And I'll play it like on Christmas. (sighs) Yeah. Make my family who aren't big board gamers be like, you guys are playing this freaking game with no, me. No, yeah, no, I want it. it. It looks like a really cool worker placement game. You already ordered it, didn't you? Yes, I did. I'm going to order it like as soon as we're done. Here. I ordered it while we were at having food. dinner. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to order it like today. And I'm going to make my yeah. family play it with me. But seriously, Cernus Workshop should have been available like a month ago. Well, I don't, I don't know how to help you with that. <laughs> okay. Merry Christmas. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody.